are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. You didn't think you were coming to a symphony orchestra today, did you? <laughs> Can you see how important every individual is? Can you see how the church is made up all over the world? And everyone doing their part brings together what God intended for his people. It's possible to be in a local church to be physically together in a building, but spiritually divided. There's one thing that I am so grateful in Colette Community Church is for the unity that we have. I have never been in a church that has been more together than this congregation. But I believe in preaching while the horse is still in the barn. It's very hard to preach a message on unity when everyone is fighting each other. But we want to realize how important it is for us to be, to be together as a congregation. As we go into the next chapter of what God is doing in Coal Lake, we know that he's moving all over the, over the world. It's amazing what God is doing all over the world today. But this is where God has planted us. And some of us don't know for the life of us why we're here. But God do. Amen? Some of you frowned when you heard you were going to be posted to Coal Lake. But here God has got a hold of you. He's revived you. He's touched you. He's preparing you for the next chapter in your life. Maybe you'll be here for the next 20 years. Maybe in one year, two years, three years, you'll be gone. But what God does in your life here will be the means of touching hundreds of people wherever you go in the future. Unity is being one in spirit, one in aims, one in interest, in feelings, being in one accord and in harmony and agreement. It doesn't mean that you become as little puppets or what do you call them? Marionettes. Marionettes. But we all have our own characteristics. We're made up differently. But God can use you the way you are. I don't have to be like anyone else. If God wanted me to be different, he would have made me different. But I'm necessary within the family of God, and so are you. We desire a fresh outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. We're constantly saying, Lord, I want you to change me. I would say in this room right now, 
There's not very many people who would say, I'm satisfied with my life just the way I am. I, I have arrived spiritually. I don't need any more correction in my life. We all know in our heart of hearts, Lord, I want to be different. Lord, I just feel that I'm still missing something. We read books, we watch videos, we, we travel miles to find the key. In fact, we need look, look no further than our Bibles. Unity is there, leaping from the pages of the inspired Word of God. We see it in Psalm uh, 133, one of, my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Behold how good... And how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There's always blessing where there's unity. Amen? We see it in the teachings of Jesus. In John chapter 10, verse 30. He said, the Father and I are one. That doesn't mean that Jesus and the, the Father were the same person. We believe that the Bible teaches the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, we are united, we are one, one in action, one in purpose, one in belief. In John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus answered them, I tell you the solemn truth. The Son can do nothing of his own initiative, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. In unity. The Father-Son unity is a basis for our unity. We need to be united in purpose. We see it in in, uh, Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. Jesus prayed for the unity of his disciples. And do you know what? We are his disciples. We are followers of Christ. That's what Christian means. It's Christ ones. We are followers of Christ. And Jesus said, I pray that they all would be one. I do not ask, he said, on John chapter 17, verse 20 and 21, he said, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their words. Many of us has believed when we read the epistles, when we've read the gospels, we have, we have uh, had something that t- took place in our life, in our inner spirit, and we believed uh, through their words. And as it has been preached over the years, many people have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. He said that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us, so that the world may know 
that you have sent me. That's one way that the, that the world will know that Jesus Christ is Lord, is that when, we, when the world sees us together in unity. The unity that we have here in this assembly is something that has been taken notice throughout this community. And it has gone way beyond the community. Wherever I go, when I tell people where I'm from, one of the first things I hear from their lips is, oh, I've heard about you guys. God is doing some great things in Coal Lake. I don't have to tell them that God is doing great things. They're telling me because the word has gone on before us. People know that things are happening in Coal Lake. And I'm looking for the day when there will be such unity that people will be saying, do you know what? The churches in Coal Lake are, are joined together. They're like one church. They've got all of their different denominations. They haven't changed their beliefs, but they are united. They are together in one purpose. They want to see God move in their communities. They want to see healing take place in their bodies. They want to see marriages restored. They want to see God at work, and it's happening because they're in unity. Let's look at unity in the early church. Tremendous things happened in the book of Acts. As we look at the scriptures there, King James translators used a powerful word for unity. They called it one accord. It works out to unity, but one accord. And let's just look at some of these. You'll find spiritual renewal in, in your church when you're in one accord. In Acts chapter 1, we see the New Testament believers continuing with one accord in prayer and supplication. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Then we go to uh, verse, uh, chap uh, chapter 2, verse 46, and we find them worshiping daily in one accord in the temple, eating their meals with gladness and singleness of heart. Prior to this, we see the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them when the disciples uh, were gathered in Jerusalem in one accord. Jesus had instructed them. He said, I'm going to pour out my whole, the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out upon you. He said, but stay in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And so they, they obeyed that. And Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, this is what it says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In the third chapter of Acts, we see Peter and John had just healed a crippled man at the gate beautiful. The people rejoiced, but the religious leaders were upset. They got upset and called the two apostles before their religious organization, uh, the, the, the leadership there, called the Sanhedrin. And in Acts chapter 4, 
when the early church encountered the persecution that arose from that, they united in prayer about the situation. And you read there in chapter 4, they used the miracle, uh, 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 Peter and John used the miracle to preach Jesus. You see, when God does something in our lives, we need to share that. That is a reason to be able to share what God can do. God don't want you to keep those things to yourself. If he healed your back, or if he healed your legs, if he healed your eyes, if he healed your ears, whatever he has done, if he healed your cancer, no matter what he has done, you need to share that. Because that's how God's name is glorified, when you share what God is doing. The religious authorities had them arrested. They threatened them not to teach or preach in Jesus' name anymore. Okay? They said, give glory to God, but don't preach in Jesus' name. Don't you find it a little strange how that the world would accept something in the general name of God, but don't use the name of Jesus? There's power in that name. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. He's God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. And God used him to touch mankind. So when they threatened them, Peter and John replied, we're answerable to God, not you. We need to obey God, not men. And that, is, that, is, that goes for me. That goes for you. You and I need to stand up for him. More than for a pat on the back or what people are going to say for us, to us, or against us. And so they were released and they went back to the church to tell the people what happened. They didn't have a beautiful building. They, they were about to be thrown out of the temple so they couldn't worship there. They would worship in their homes or in the courtyards, wherever they could go. So they went back to where the, where the, the people were, were, uh, were meeting. And uh, Acts chapter 4, verses, verse 24, and uh, then uh, 31, 32. Verse 24 says, so when they heard that, they reported to the people what had happened. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. That's the, that's the whole church now. With one accord. They're still in one accord. And they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. Skip over to verse 31. And it says, and when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. And that's the unity that I'm talking about this morning. Being of one heart and one soul when it comes to the things of God. When it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ and reaching our community for him. Unity is a key to spiritual renewal. 
Now listen, I said, it's a key, not the key. You remember that Jesus gave, gave uh, uh, Peter, he said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Amen? One of the keys is unity. One of the keys is unity. When they prayed in unity, in one accord, the place was shaken where they were assembled. How many feel that we need a shaking here at Colate Community Church? Or do we have it all now? We've got our nice building. We, we, we are good financially. We've got great music. We've got great preaching. We've got, <laughs> amen. Just in, case, in, just in case you don't know it, you're hearing great preaching this morning. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and so we need a shaking. We are not where God wants us to be yet. There are greater things to happen in this church. There's greater things to happen in this city. Amen? Greater things are yet to be done. Paul addressed unity in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. When the Bible talks about unity, it's always referring to being unified in Christ. He's our head. He's the head of the church. You and I are the church. The church is made up of God's people. Born-again people. Amen? You and I are members of his body. There are other members of his body that are not in this building today. In Colake. They're meeting in the Baptist church this morning. They're meeting in the Alliance church. They're meeting in uh, uh, Harvest Life church. They're meeting over at the Lutheran church. All over the community, there are groups of people like you and I, part of the body of Christ. But Jesus is our head. Amen? The Corinthian Christians were claiming that to follow Paul was better than to follow Peter or Apollos. And some were saying, well, we, I don't follow either one of those guys. I follow Christ. But unity don't mean to accept anything and everything without question. We cannot lower the standards of God's Word. It's essential to understand what unifies us. See, we are united in Christ. The Word of God. Spiritual gifts. We're united in the full, full gospel, salvation, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, baptism in water, healing, the Holy Spirit baptism, miracles, the soon return of Jesus Christ, eternity, with, with God or without him. We still believe in heaven, and we still believe in hell. We believe that there's a place where God is prepared for those that love him, and we believe that there's another place 
that God has prepared for the devil and his angels. And if you don't want to go to the place that God has prepared for those that love him, you choose to go to the place prepared for the devil and his angels. It's called the lake of fire. Sometimes referred to as hell. Although there are divers, diverse individuals from diverse backgrounds here, we must come into this kind of unity and harmony, living according to the Word of God. As long as basic doctrines is based upon the Word of God, we must recognize the whole body of Christ, even if we don't see eye to eye on things. Now, we know we don't believe the same as the Baptists do in some things. We don't believe the same as the Alliance do in some things. We don't even believe the same as Harvest Life do in some things. But that's okay. But let me let you in for a real shocker. Those of us that call ourselves belonging to Cole Lake Community Church don't believe everything. You don't believe everything that I believe. But we accept one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're united. That's why we have, that's why we have a training program for people who want to be a part of the leadership teams and, and teaching in our church, is because we want everyone to be on the same page. And we say, okay, this is what we believe. This is, this is, where, this is where our doctrines are. Now, if you can believe that, if you can live with that, even if you're not quite soul on some of it, if you, can, if you can teach that, then we want you to be a part of our teaching programs. And so, so that you don't say, okay, uh, get some people all messed up where they say, well, I heard Pastor Eastman say this, and I heard Pastor Lance say this, and, and now you're telling me this. And so, if, you, if you're trained in what we believe, then you know what to teach. And you know what to say. If you, can, if you look at one thing, you say, well, you know, I, I really don't feel that. I, I've been taught differently, and so I, I can't really see that. Rather than say, okay, I'm going to teach the people what I've been taught, you say, uh, Pastor Lance, uh, we've got a subject here that, you know, like I'm not really, I'm not really soul on. So I don't feel that I am I am qualified to preach that or to teach that. Could, could you have somebody else teach this part for me? See, that's the way we work together in unity. Amen? You look like one person can say, you know, like, I don't believe you got to be baptized by immersion because I was baptized by sprinkling. And so, so uh, you know, like, I, I really not, I can't teach that. Well, we've got people who have been baptized by immersion who would gladly teach what God's Word says about that. Okay? Uh, our non-negotiable tenets of faith can be found in the statement of fundamental and essential truths. Everyone can have a copy of that. All you got to do is ask for it, and we will, we will gladly make sure that you get it. People who usually who pick up the, the Constitution, our church Constitution, that's included with it. Ephesians chapter 4. 
verses 4 to 11 tells us, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That's why God designed that we would have pastors and evangelists and teachers and all of these different giftings to the church is so that we would all come into unity. That's what God desires for us. Okay? That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow in all things into him which is the head, Christ, from the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. I will never agree with or support anyone who slanders God's people. I may not agree with everything that Benny Hinn does, but you will never hear me criticize Benny Hinn. And I have read and I have, I have heard pastors and evangelists say some terrible things about that man. But he's a man of God and God uses him. I would never say anything against Kenneth Copeland or Kenneth Hagan or Jesse DePlantis or Billy Graham. These are all men of God or Joyce Myers, a great woman of God. Now, I, something about her masculinity that uh, sort of rubs me the wrong way, but she's God's, she's God's person. She, she is a powerful woman of God. And we have to be very careful. Don't join in with people who condemn people who are doing God's work. We need to have a unity within the body of Christ. Just because they have different beliefs and different methods, don't make them heretics. Doctrinal unity can never be achieved between denominations. I want you to know that. Sometimes we pray, we pray for unity within, within Coal Lake. Do that mean that we're saying, Lord, we want everyone to come to Coal Lake Community Church, close down the Baptist Church, the Lions Church, the United Church, all of the churches, close them down and everyone come to Coal Lake. No. When we talk of unity, we're not talking about people changing their denomination. We're talking about being united in spirit, recognizing that I'm a child of God and so are you. You may be serving God faithfully in the Alliance Church or faithfully in the Lutheran Church or Harvest Life. It doesn't matter where you're serving God at. The fact is we are united. And we can do great things for God when we realize that we're a part of the family of God. And that's my brother in Christ. We should expect doctrinal differences. 
within congregations. Until a full gospel, until a united full gospel church will produce full gospel results. Okay. Denominations, you can expect differences. But within a church body of believers, you've got to have unity. You hear what I'm saying? Now, if, if I go to the Baptist church, and while Pastor Phil is preaching, I begin to speak in tongues, that's not going to go over very well. Okay? If fat Pastor Phil comes here and the Holy Spirit begins to move and some people start speaking in tongues, that's quite acceptable. This is a Pentecostal church. That's what we do around here. But you don't try to force someone else to be what you are. As the Lord gives light on his word, people believe different things. The church provides a teaching and a Christian submits to that biblical truth and the spiritual maturity among the believers develops in that atmosphere. You would never have unity if you had everyone in Coal Lake in the same building. And one pastor of one denomination preaching to that whole congregation. So do you understand why I say we will never have doctrinal unity? It won't be achieved among denominations. That's not what Jesus is talking about. It is both the responsibility of the church and the individual Christian to come to a spiritual maturity as we conform to the image of Christ. It's not, it is not possible to maintain unity in the spirit without knowledge of doctrine. When doctrine breaks down, unity will also break down. Now, doctrine is teaching. So that's why we can obtain unity within a congregation. When we submit to the teaching of a congregation, we become unified. This is explained in Romans chapter 6, verse 17. I urge you, brethren, to note those who cause division and offense contrary to doctrine, which you learn and avoid them. If you are in obedience to the word, you will have unity with those who are also walking in obedience. According to Scripture, unity comes by being joined to the head, the body, which is Christ. As you draw near to Christ, you will draw near to others who are drawing near to Christ. If you do not know the word, you cannot know doctrine. For Christians, this is the teaching and the principles of God's word. This includes the commands, the promises, 
the gifts and the miracles of the word. So as I conclude here this morning, God-ordained unity comes through Christ. Being in agreement with God by obeying his word. And you can't obey what you don't know. Too many people depend upon what they hear on Sunday morning to shape their faith. And they do not know what the Word of God says. You cannot have faith in something you have no knowledge of. Listen to what the Bible says. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so you trust that what I have said to you this morning, I've taken from the word of God. But the only way you can really be sure is if you have read it for yourself. Or if you have not yet read it, you have to go to the Word and find it. Know the Word. Be grounded in sound doctrine. That's where you, that's where you form your, your, your biblical principles through the Word of God. And so you come to a new church. And you hear the preaching of the word. And maybe you've heard somebody preach along those lines before, and they said something different. And you're saying, now, who do I believe? Well, check it out in the word. That's why I give you, that's why I give you so much word in my messages. You can read it for yourself. You know, the Word of God, you can, you can get versions today that anyone can understand. Some people say they can't understand King James. I cut my teeth on King James. I love King James. But for the most part, when I'm preaching to people today, I usually use some other version. Rather than have to read it in King James and then explain to you what it means, it's better to read it in a version where you can understand But when you know what the Word says and you've had it taught to you by anointed preaching and anointed teaching, then you can pray in agreement and worship in agreement. Then God's work, His plans, and His purpose will be done through you and I. Then signs and miracles will follow the preaching and the teaching of the Word. We will receive his Holy Spirit will be revived and renewed in our faith. Sinners will be converted and God's name will be glorified. Father, today I just want to thank you for the unity that you have brought within this church within this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for people of like faith.
people who believe your word, trust in your Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct. And I pray, Father, that if there's one in this building right now, one in this room, that have not received you into their life as their own personal Savior, I pray that your Holy Spirit will give them the courage to this day say, Lord, I want to be a part of this. In your mighty name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.